One of my all-time favorite television shows is The Adventures of Pete and Pete, a show that does not get its due. That show was brilliant. But that's neither here nor there. I want to talk about an episode in season one, I believe it's episode seven, called Day of the Dot. In this episode, Big Pete's friend Ellen is chosen to be the dot on the eye in the word squid in their school's marching band. As a former band nerd myself, I can tell you this is a very big deal. And Ellen, determined not to let her band director down, devoted all of her energy, all of her time to perfecting the moves required to be the dot on the eye. And this put a strain on her relationship with Big Pete, who was in the band but didn't really see what all the hoo-ha was about. So anyhow, why should you care about any of this? Because I was thinking about television characters that remind me of the subject of today's episode. And Big Pete's friend Ellen, the titular dot, does the trick. She's studious. She's incredibly smart. And she can be a little bit of a pill, which frankly I think is probably true for the subject of today's show. And get this, Ellen was the dot. And the subject of today's episode is the head of the dot. D.O.T. Department of Transportation. We're talking about Pete Buttigieg. Hello and welcome to Astros Plane, where we use Indian astrology to examine the lives of the famous, the infamous, and the Senate confirmed. Today we're talking about Secretary for the Department of Transportation, Pete Buttigieg. Now, the last time we talked about Mayor Pete was back in January of 2020. It was episode four of this podcast. In that episode, we looked very closely at the interplay between Buttigieg's Saturn and his Mercury. And I thought, one, since according to Travis, people want to know what the future might hold for him. Two, he does have an interesting Mercury and I needed a subject for a Wednesday episode since Wednesday is Mercury's day. We would revisit everyone's favorite mayor. I don't even know why I told that lie. He's nobody's favorite mayor. Uh, but we could look at his chart again and you know, last time we saw he was going to be a cabinet secretary, so let's see if we can go a little bit farther into the future and see what might be in store. This was a rectification which I know I said we would not use. Apparently some book says he was born at night. The birth time I have for him is at night, uh, specifically at 12.15 uh, a.m. And the fact that, you know, it's served us pretty well so far, I figured we would just stick with this. Buttigieg's first house contains two malefics, Mars and Saturn. And you know, this is one of those areas where I'm like, you know, is the astrology driving sort of my impression of this person or is my impression of this person driving the astrology? Because you know, I see this Mars and I see this Saturn, these two planets that can be disagreeable, 
in this somewhat middle-of-the-road, simpering, goody-two-shoes Virgo sign. And I think, well, Charles, is this really what Pete Buttigieg is like, or is this what you think he's like? Probably both. But his chart is not all doom and gloom. Yes, his ascendant is a little bit of a mess, but his ascendant is ruled by Mercury. And the thing is, because his ascendant is ruled by Mercury, and the fact that he has a sun and Mercury together means that Buttigieg is the beneficiary of a Buddhaditya Yoga, which gives great intelligence. We know he was, you know, a very smart cookie. And as I mentioned, I don't know, in some episode very recently, this ascendant, this birth time that I've that I'm using for him, gives him an ascendant of of Hasta, the Hasta Nakshatra, uh, and his Mars is also there. I also mentioned that I have a funny story about Hasta. I'm going to say that. I'm going to save that to the end of this episode. Now, what do I find so interesting about Buddhajaj's Mercury? Well, one, it's the lord of his first house. That makes it important. And also, because this Mercury just has these very intricate relationships with most of the other grahas, the other planets. So Mars and Saturn are in Virgo, which is a Mercury sign, okay. And then Rahu is in Gemini, Mercury's other sign. Mercury is sharing the sign of Capricorn, which is in Buddhist's fifth house with Venus and the Sun. But beyond that, Saturn and Mercury are in Aparivartana Yoga, Saturn in Virgo, Mercury and Capricorn, Saturn aspects Buddhist's 10th house, which contains the sign of Gemini. So Saturn occupies a Mercury house, he owns the house that Mercury sits in, and he aspects Mercury's other house. Mars, meanwhile, is in a Mercury sign, and Mercury is in a Mars nakshatra. It is still interesting uh, that Mercury uh, seems to be colored in all of these different ways by malefic planets. I mean, the only benefic in the mix here is Venus, who is retrograde in Venus, in who is retrograde in Buttigieg's chart. That's interesting, I guess. But Buttigieg is in his Mercury-Saturn period right now. I guess last time we talked about him, he was in Mercury-Jupiter, how time flies. So let's tease out what exactly is going on here with this Mercury and this Saturn and see if we can arrive at any conclusions. Dare I say predictions? Well, if we're going to talk about the Mercury Dasha, we have to point out that not only is there this lovely Buddhaditya Yoga, which gives intelligence, there is also a very powerful Dharma Karma Adipati Yoga formed from the lords of Buddhist's ninth and tenth houses, Venus and Mercury respectively. And this yoga exists because Venus and Mercury are together in the same house. And the house in question is the fifth house. And the fifth house is one of the houses that we really want to keep an eye on when it comes to Buddha Judge. 
you know, Saturn's in the ascendant. Okay, that's him. Mercury's in the fifth house. Okay, there's this Paribartana between the first and the fifth. Well, what is the fifth house? It's children, you know that. It's discernment and creativity, you know that. It's also the house of the lover. Interesting little tidbit. But what really interests us here is that the fifth house is the house of the cabinet. Uh, in fact, I remember it was because of this big DKA involving Mercury, in whose Drasha Buttigieg is currently living, uh, that I thought we were going to see him rise to the level of like a cabinet minister, cabinet secretary, because I'm American. Uh, and I felt especially good about that because the Saturn-Mercury connection doesn't just end in the fifth house, it extends to the tenth house, the house of the career, also the house of government. Mercury owns it, Saturn aspects it. And Rahu is there. So, you know, Buttigieg, he gives off that Virgo, Ah, Shucks, Hasta Nakshatra vibe, but Buttigieg is ambitious. And I just noticed something. I was thinking, you know, yes, he's ambitious. And yes, we've got the, you know, it's clear he would want to be, or he would wind up in a cabinet. I was just trying to think of why he might have been a mayor first. And then I just noticed that Saturn is in another one of Mars's nakshatras, Mercury, you mentioned, is in Ganishta, Amar's nakshatra. The one that's often associated with rhythm, although I... I would not be at all surprised if Buttigieg was the first person for whom Ganishta had absolutely no relation whatsoever to musical ability or rhythm, because I am certain dude wakes up snapping on the one and three. But Chitra, the nakshatra that Saturn is in, is all about planning and order. In fact, I, I want to say one of Chitra's significations is like city management. Plus, Saturn is all about rules and discipline and order and managing things. So a Saturn placement in this nakshatra, in the ascendant, is the, you know, it, I, I, it, to me would be sort of like a hallmark of someone who would be like the mayor of a small town. And I just noticed something about his eighth house. We're going to come back to that. And I can do that because it's related to the nakshatra of Hasta who, that I already owe you a story about. Now let's move over to Amshaland. So, Mercury in Buttigieg's career Amsha is in a good house. Aspected by an own sign, Saturn. Not great, but it is interesting that this Saturn-Mercury connection persists from the birth chart into the career chart. Doubly interesting because their connection in the birth chart focuses specifically on his career. So it's like a like an, like, like an echo from the literal location of where the planets were when he was born to the symbolic representation of how things are going to play out, which we get from the Amshas. 
in the Navamsha, which is the spouse Amsha, but it's also, I mean, it's, con it's, it's considered sort of the, the most important of the Amshas. Like in terms of all the charts, it's you know supposed to be second to the birth chart. And there are some traditions that sort of look at the two of them equally. And in the Navamsha chart, Mercury's in a good house, forming a good yoga. Saturn is not in a great house. However, once again, he's in a Mercury sign, specifically Virgo, which is the same sign Saturn's in in the birth chart. It's often a good sign when a planet carries over from one constellation to another across Amshas. And Saturn is Buddha Judge's yogi planet, the planet that will try to bring him prosperity. I mean, really, the, the, the headline here in this Navamsha is that Mercury is forming this very good yoga. Uh, so for the rest of the Mercury Dasha, we should expect issues related to this Amcha chart, marriage and sort of, let's say, being aligned with your path. There's an Amcha called the, the Trimshamsha, it's the 30th divisional chart. Not super commonly used, but every now and then I like to take a peek at it, and Mercury is in the fifth house in Capricorn, exactly what he's doing in the birth chart. That is very interesting. It's the only, actually no, his moon is also in the same place in this chart, but he's not in the moon Dashar Bukti. So this, Mercury seems to have this affinity with, Cap, with, with Saturn signs and Saturn aspects because he's also being aspected by Saturn in the Trimshamsha. Interesting. But yeah, the good location of Mercury here um, is positive. I mean, the Trimshamsha is sort of general well-being, general happiness. We, we should all be so lucky to have a planet like Mercury in a good house in our Trimshamsha. And then if we move over to the status Amsha, now, Now, isn't this something? In this chart, Mercury is not in a Saturn sign. He's in Leo, so, which is a sign owned by the sun, as you know. He is, however, aspected by Saturn, and Saturn is in Gemini. So once again, this connection between Saturn and Mercury. It is, this is fascinating, I must say. But there's a problem. So, Buttigieg is in his Mercury-Saturn period. Mercury's in a bad house, a, a very bad house. However, he is forming a good yoga. This is good for status. This was likely, this was likely part of the reason why I was thinking, you know, cabinet secretary. The problem is, you know, no dasha lasts forever. I mean, the Mercury dasha is one of the longer ones, but the Saturn bukti is the last bukti of the Mercury dasha. When that's over, Mercury's over, and Buddha Jesus will go into Ketu, 
and he begins his Ketudasha on February 8th, 2023. And so if what Buddhajad wants to do, if what he is considering doing is running for some elective office, perhaps Senate, it will be challenging. Why do I say this? So you always have to consider whether or not the Dasha or Bukti Lord is benefic or malefic. You know, it's ground zero of this sort of analysis. Get to his malefic. So that's, you know, eh, not great. He is aspected by Mars. Not great. Ketu is in the fourth house. The lord of this house is Jupiter. Jupiter is not super happy in this chart. The, the lord of the first is Jupiter's enemy. And Jupiter is in the sign of his other enemy. And there's nothing really supporting him. He's not aspected by anything remotely helpful. What he has going for him is that because he's got Rahu in his 10th house, which was active because Rahu is in Gemini, which is owned by Mercury. Ketu is always opposite Rahu. So even when he's in his Ketu Dasha, that 10th house, Gemini will be active. So that should keep some of the momentum from this Saturn-Mercury exchange going, but we should expect it to be diminished because that good Mer that good yoga that Mercury forms in the status Amsha, it's formed because you have, it's, it's the kind of yoga that is formed when you have a benefic planet on one side and a malefic planet on the other one. Uh, and the malefic planet in this equation is Ketu. So, the, so what I'm saying is that this yoga flips. So we'll be going from the good side of it with Mercury to the bad side of it with Ketu. Uh, do I think that we will see a Buddha-Judge presidency? Not anytime soon. The good news for Buddha-Judge is the Ketu Dasha is not nearly as long as the Mercury Dasha. Uh, Ketu Dasha is only seven years. So, and Buddha-Judge is, is still young. So by the time he starts his Venus Dasha, he'll only be 48. And then we'll be right back into this powerful Mercury, Saturn, whatever it is they're doing. Venus, again, the other planet forming that Dharma, Karma, Adipati Yoga with Mercury. Like this, if he's, if he's going to really aim high, he should do it during his Venus Dasha. Venus, 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 Sun. That would put him through the middle of 2034. The moon is his Avayogi planet, and so I would, I would imagine that his Venus moon period would not be quite as auspicious. Although it, I mean, this is still just such a lovely placement for Venus, and Venus is just doing so much good there that the moon might only be a minor blemish. But even if it's a major blemish. When he goes back, when he finishes that book, the end goes into Venus Mars, which will be in 2036. Yeah, that connection between the Ascendant and the Fifth House, the House of the Cabinet. And also, First House, House of Career, House of Career, House of 
cabinet, all of that acted again when we get into Venus and especially into Venus Sun and Venus Mars. Not to mention the fact that the fifth house on top of everything else is one of the three Dharma houses. What does that mean? So there are there are many different types of houses, many different classifications of the houses, as you know. One such classification divides the houses into the sort of four drives, let's say. It's sort of the four things people need and or want and definitely should want. The first is Dharma. It's your purpose. It's righteous action. The second is Arta, which is security. Personal security, food security, like having the bare essentials to survive. The third is Kama, which is pleasure, enjoyment. And the last is moksha, which is spiritual liberation. Going back to this idea that once you've you know, plucked all the karmic fruit from your karma orchard, then you're done and you don't have to be reincarnated. One way to sort of see which of those four is your primary drive is to kind of see which planets are where. And so on top of everything else this Mercury is doing, he is the lord of a Dharma house because the first house is a Dharma house. And he is sitting in the fifth, which is also a Dharma house. Meanwhile, Saturn owns the fifth house, a Dharma house, and is sitting in the first, a Dharma house. So on top of all these other yogas and things that we've talked about, there's this huge dharmic link between the first and fifth house that I think is impossible to ignore. I guess my takeaway here would be, he's gonna be riding high as long as this Mercurita Shah happens. I would expect there to be some setbacks, or at least not really much in the way of advancement during the seven years of Ketu, but in February 2030, when Venus comes to town, which just gave me a, an idea for what song to use to close this episode out, he should be back on top. And God forgive me, that reminds me of the story that I want to tell about the Hasta Nakshatra. So an astrologer friend of mine and I do Zoom calls every week to talk about astrology because that's the sort of thing that we do. And we play this game pretty regularly where we send each other a person's birth data, but we don't say who the person is. And so we pull up the person's chart and we try to figure out who this person is. And it's sort of, it's kind of like 20 questions, you know, you know if they've got a really awful second house, right? Like, did this person's teeth fall out in an early age? Like that, that kind of thing, you know? So one day, this friend of mine, whom I would love to have guest host an episode with me one day, hmm, we'll see, sends me this chart. I pull it up. It's about this woman born in San Francisco. 
And I'm looking at the chart and I'm seeing some prominent hosta placements. And he tells me, he's like, you know, you, he tells me, you know, to figure out who this is, you're going to really want to drill down on all of hosta's significations. And I said, all of them? And he said, all of them. So I said, okay, innocence, sort of a waifish charm or something sort of angelic cherubic about their face, intelligence. And, I, and he's like, well, yes, but I'm like, well, I mean, secret sex. I mean, that's one. He said, yeah, 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 that one. And I'm like, wait, really? So I'm looking at the chart and I'm like, secret sex okay and then he says this was ages ago and I still struggle to tell the story he says you know you're still missing one of Hosta's big significations and I was like what liquids he said yes liquids and fluids and I'm like wait a, wait a, w- w- wait a minute no he said yes and I said I know that you did not use Monica Lewinsky's little dress as a teaching example for the significations of the Hasta Nakshatra. That is sacrilegious and I'm still angry at it, but that is my Hasta story. And as angry as I am about it, it never ceases to bring a smile to my face. Uh, and oh, 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 which reminds me, I wanted to mention, Buttigieg has Mars in Hasta. And I just said one of Hasta's significations is secret sex. And wouldn't you know it, Mars owns Buttigieg's eighth house, the house of secret sex. Mm-hmm. You know, if this were almost anybody else, I would actually spend a lot of time trying to tease this out. But frankly, I, I don't know what it is about Secretary Pete, but I would really rather him keep whatever is going on in that eighth house to himself. episode was also a little bit of a rush job. I swear there is no shade intended, Secretary. Scout's honor. As for the rest of you, you can email me at astrosplained at gmail.com with any questions you might have about the show or to request an episode topic. We're on Twitter and Instagram at astrosplained, and the website is www.astrosplained.com. And I, as always, am Charles, your friendly neighborhood astrologer. Thank you ever so much for listening to Astrosplained.